Yo, Chad, what if I told you there's a platform that could completely revolutionize your hiring strategy in a matter of hours? Yeah, I'd call bullshit. Well, it's not bullshit with AI for jobs powered by our friends at This Way Global. Okay, I'm listening. Uh, While everyone else is fishing in the same old talent pools, AI for Jobs can source over 160 million diverse candidate profiles. This Way Global has established unique partnerships with over 8,500 trusted diversity partners. So wait a minute. All of the hard on-the-ground work is already done. That's right, Cowboy. You can discover 300 qualified candidates per job rack instantly. Wow. It's like having a candidate sourcing magic wand. (laughs) Dude, if you had a magic wand, you would have Mexican pizzas all day. Mm. Uh, Stop distracting me, Sowash. AI for Jobs Advanced Matching Algorithm analyzes past applicants using trillions of historical matching events and over 1,600 data points. Now that is what AI should be doing, saving recruiters time on sourcing while they provide a white glove candidate experience. Let's wrap this shit up. I'm hungry. Listen up, kids. Revolutionize your hiring process today by jumping over to thiswayglobal.com and checking out AI for Jobs, where you can learn more about how to leverage AI for your recruiting instead of just writing poems and grocery lists. That is thiswayglobal.com. We out. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. Good day, mate. We have another Australian on the line because, well, goddammit, that's happy hour in the U.S. And Chad and I are fully drunk. Welcome, everybody, to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. I'm your co-host, Joel Cheeseman, joined, as always, by my companion, partner, wife, mate, homemate, Chad Sowash. Hello. And with us today is Latal Sherman, Head of Experience Design at PageUp, a popular applicant tracking system because they're well known for their design out there in Australia. Latal, welcome to the show. Good to have you. Now, that... that is one heck of a of a title head of experience design i wouldn't even know who the hell you report to at that point are you floating out there who do you report to that is really a good question uh so i report to the cio uh and hello by the way guys um and basically our department uh called the product right so the cio is not the chief product officer he is the cio so he managed product design uh, and engineering. So mm-hmm. all of us really work together. And the good thing about it is that uh, I think tr- traditionally design is very important into marketing or into product. So head of head, head of design or design managers were reported into the head of product, but at PageUp, head of product, head of design and head of technology are all kind of equal. Uh, so we have equal voice and, you know, we argue a lot every day, which is awesome. <laughs> Lovely, lovely. And as an Israeli, I always win, by the way. So <laughs> <laughs> by force, always taking it by force. No, so, I'm joking. 
So, and that is interesting because it sounds like you have to be in a more of a collaborative model in that kind of a setup. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So we actually done um, kind of a restructure uh, transformation about a year and a half ago. Uh, And what we've done there is really kind of to change the way our product development teams are working, uh, the way they're working, the way they solve problems to customers. Uh, mm-hmm. And also the structure of those teams. So every team is being led by what we call uh, the three amigo or the trio is probably a more known <laughs> term, which is, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm serious, which is um, a senior uh, product manager, uh, a senior UX designer, and a senior tech lead. So they are leading the teams. Each one of them obviously have their own responsibilities, but together they basically make all the strategic decisions for the team then to operate on those things. Have you, have you seen that movie though, The Three Amigos? Do, do you know what the reference is? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. But... She's much younger than you, Chad. Yes, yes. I'm not sure, by the way. I'm not sure. So Latal, your, your background is not you know, rooted in HR. Uh, you've worked in consumer sites and sort of traditional sexier uh, design projects. I got to know, what was your first impression? I can't think of anything less sexy than an applicant tracking system. Like, what was your first impression? <laughs> what was what was the the hook that got you into into this into this uh, industry? Like, talk about that because I'm I'm mesmerized. <laughs> Yes. Uh, well, I have to say I haven't seen ATS that is sexy or good looking or has a delightful experience. So, yes, yeah. that, 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 that is not. But for me, honestly, um, I, I will choose a role because of the culture of the company way more because of the product itself. Uh, and I love going into, you know, challenging roles when you see that something is actually not so great. And I really have a really, uh, you know, great impact uh, that I can, uh, you know, support the company. Yeah. Were there a few, oh my God moments, like in terms of design that you looked at these ATSs and said, I cannot believe that you're doing this, this, and this. Absolutely. Is there one or two that stand out? I think because, uh, you know, uh, as as a job seeker in the past, probably the apply, so the application system for candidates is just horrific with uh, every ATS that I've seen ever. Uh, and I applied for a lot of jobs in the past when I was looking for jobs, but also I applied for jobs just to see how competitors are operating and they're all pretty crappy, you know, and that really touched kind of the candidate experience. How can we make it better? Why do we need all this information that we ask for uh, candidates? How can we make it just easier for people to use and apply quickly to a job uh, when, you know, usually when someone is looking for a job, they will apply to 20, 30, 100 jobs sometime. Yeah. Uh, how can we just make it a little bit better? But for me, really, it was um, a really good opportunity to join a company that, Uh, is working on something completely new. I like my challenges and I like moving around the industries. I don't like to stay in one industry and say, oh, I know everything here. Uh, Learning new stuff and B2B was uh, also new to me. So, you know, working with businesses, it it is way more challenging than working with consumers. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I love it. It's interesting. It is honestly interesting. The basic expectations in HR are just HR, talent acquisition, the actual recruiting process. They're they're never met because it's not quick. 
uh, it, it always asks me to create an account when there's no reason I need to create a goddamn account. It doesn't ask me for the same info or it does. It continues to ask me for the same info over and over and over. It takes 10 to 20 minutes and it sends me into a black hole. So the, the, the whole experience like defies the gravity of just basic expectations. So I can see why this would be kind of like an allure to you because there's so much that you could fix. There are so many challenges. But the question is, why is it that way in the first place? Well, I can tell you what, just from what I know. So traditionally, you know, those businesses exist for many, many years. And the businesses, like most businesses, are being, uh, you know, developed and managed by engineers. And sorry, love engineers, but to be honest, they don't really care about experiences or they don't have the knowledge to design a good experience. Most, most companies, you know, they start especially B2B uh, adding more and more and more and more and more features because clients are requesting those features. So they have a backlog and a list of all the features that all those, uh, you know, let's say 20 customers at the beginning are requesting. And I get what they do that, right? To make money. Yeah, exactly. And they want to sell it because, you know, you say, okay, they'll pay for it. Also, let's just add another feature and another feature and another feature and another feature. And sometimes you will have, you know, three ways to do the same task. It's just mm-hmm. confusing. Uh, mm-hmm. And then a user will see the system like, okay, I don't know what I need to do now. Or do I need to use this feature or this feature, uh, you know, to complete the same task? So this is what, you know, what we call uh, feature hell or uh, experience rot when you basically have no idea what is the next yeah. step that you need to do, uh, which is which is crazy. Now, PageUp, like you know, other ATSs exist for the company exists for twenty two years. Uh, the ATS exists for something like seventeen years. So, you know, of course, we have a lot of kind of tech uh, death and, and, and legacy systems that, you know, people added more and more features over time. My job with, you know, my team is, is really to fix it. So to find those opportunities of where we see the most value for customers or, or for the users, what can we change or remove or add, you know, whatever feature, or we just completely redesign the experience to give them a much better experience. Because it's really all about the experience, right? People are not using the system because they want to use the system. You've got some companies that are pliable and they'll allow that. But this accumulation of all of these these features or these questions or it's just this this big ball of a mass of years of 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 condensing features into uh which mm-hmm. which creates just a horrible experience overall it's like going into a room where you just go ahead and just throw everything instead of organizing it or getting getting rid of stuff right so exactly. we be, we become feature hoarders the question is do you talk to companies, company by company to try to help them with their actual design? Or is this more of a strategic effort from the top down to create a better experience for all organizations? And then how do you manage that from from uh, from a client standpoint? Yeah. So so what do I do? I work more with the team on kind of uh, on, on the strategy. So, you know, we identify those opportunities and, and, and then we say, okay, we really need to fix it to all of our customers. Like we, we have about 400 plus customers, uh, we can't work with each one of them individually and design their own uh, experience because, you know, it's, it's, it's not sustainable. It's not going to work. 
so for us, for the product design team, uh, is really about uh, identifying those opportunities and obviously giving some flexibility to the client so they can, you know, bring their own template, create their own workflow, whatever they want to do within the boundaries that we are giving them. Now, of course, not every customer will be happy when you change a feature. That's just a given. People don't like changes. Uh, so we need to work with them on that. And this is where we work with our customer success managers, our account executive, our support team, and so on. So they can support those uh, those clients and take them through the journey of this is what we changed. This is the reason why we changed it. Give it a go. Give us your feedback. So we work a lot with customers uh, in in my team, but it's more about interviewing them, really understanding you know their needs, their uh, expectations. We adopted what we call jobs to be done. I don't know if you ever heard about that, but this is uh, a way to do discover and really understand the you know the core job that customers are trying to get done when they're using a product or a system or a service. Um, and not just say yes to every feature request. And obviously, in our industry, customers will request features all the time because yeah. this is what they think they need. Uh, and, and, but sometimes the feature that they're asking for is not really the best solution for the problem. So we are there to identify the, what the problem is and to identify the top problems for the majority of our clients and then to solve it in the best way possible. You talk about feedback from clients, and that's obviously an important piece of it. I'm curious about the testing side of things, because I think most companies or ATSs um, in general, in terms of testing, you know, maybe they give it to a couple of people in the office or the engineers kind of QA something. But I think the best way to do it is to actually have, actually have people that are really, you know, 30,000 feet away from the product and bring them in and say, okay, how do you do this and do this and give them instruction? Talk about how you test new features and new designs uh, before you roll them out to the public. Great. Uh, yes. So we do what we call usability testing. Uh, so usability testing is really bringing people um, and, and the, you know, the users that we expect to use the system um, and, and share the prototype. So it's all about prototype. It's not, it's not coded yet. The solution is not coded because once it's coded, it's really hard to change it. Um, and you basically give them a task. You don't tell them what to do. You just tell them, okay, we, you know, change the status of five candidates from this to this. Go ahead, show me how you do that. Right. Uh, you also tell them, obviously, that everything they do is absolutely great and we're not testing them, we're testing our solution. And please explain to us what you do. So we really want to understand their thinking and their habits of how they complete tasks. Um, so this is one thing. And also we have, uh, you know, what we call alpha release and beta release when we put solutions in front of a subset of, of users. And we basically tell them, okay, go ahead, have a play with that and tell us what you think. So we have there and kind of a window for them to give us their feedback. And this is really helpful because sometimes what we think and, and what we, you know, working at PageUp, so it doesn't matter who we are, and to your point before, when we test it internally and for us it's absolutely amazing and awesome, it really doesn't mean that the user will like it or will understand what we're trying to do here. You triggered a, a, something and I didn't even think about. Like, so 
you're testing for both the customer side as well as the job seeker side, correct? Yes. What percentage is which? Which is more important? Is it equally uh, distributed on the customer side? Like, do you randomly select customers to test? Talk about that process. You know, we have different uh, what we call archetypes also of customers. So it's not just about the industry, but also those people themselves. What are their roles and what are their jobs to be done? So we have the recruiter, we have the hiring manager, we have the super user, we have uh, the buyer as well. We, we are doing discovery with all of them. Uh, and it really depends on what we're trying to achieve. So with a buyer, obviously, we want to see if someone will buy our new product, for example. Uh, we have some, you know, some features and some solutions that are just for hiring managers, for example. Uh, so I don't want to get the feedback from the super user on what they think their hiring managers need. I want to get the perspective of the actual hiring manager. And they rarely use the system. So for them to use a new feature or, or an existing feature is much harder than someone that is using the system on a day-to-day basis. Um, and their, their expectation will be completely different. They want something super quick. They just want to complete the task as soon as, the, uh, as they can. They don't want to go somewhere and just start thinking, okay, okay, what do I need to do here? So that will be different as well. So f- with the percentage and everything, it really depends on the feature that we or, or the product or you know what the problem that we're trying to solve is if it's around the hiring manager so we will recruit hiring managers to you know for interview and usability testing if it's for recruiters we'll do it with recruiters if it's for candidates we'll do it with candidates and so on it's commercial time you already know that sovereign makes the world's best resume cv parser but did you know that sovereign also makes the world's best ai matching engine Only Sovereign's AI matching engine goes beyond the buzzwords. With Sovereign, you control how the engine thinks. With every match, the Sovereign engine tells you what matched and exactly how each matching document was scored. And if you don't agree with the way it scored the matches, you can simply move some sliders to tell it to score the matches your way. No other engine on earth gives you that combination of insight and control. With Sovereign, matching isn't some frustrating black box, trust us, it's magic, one-shot deal like all the others. No. With Sovereign, matching is completely understandable, completely controllable, and actually, kind of fun. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions? And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chad and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman. I'm talking about text kernel. Ah, okay. That makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, yeah, simplicity. (laughs) Seriously, though, seriously. Text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways, text Uh kernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. Text kernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. TextKernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey, kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh, my God. How about 
extracting meaningful insights from data. I mean, that that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs, automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener. Get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mmm, nachos. <laughs> it's showtime. So when you're talking about getting into feature hell, which is the, the years and years of piling features on top of features, and you have recruiters, like a handful of recruiters who say they like certain features. And then obviously the salespeople have these anecdotal instances in which, hey, you can't take that that feature away because my client, or, you know, our clients will leave us. And, and that scares the shit out of everybody because that's that's revenue. Do you guys do any type of internal, I guess I would say analytics on the usage of all of these features to be able to demonstrate internally and externally why you're making certain changes, not just because you wanted to, but from a usability standpoint, it just made sense. Yes, yes, absolutely. So we use data in pretty much everything. We will use the kind of, you know, product usage data, the customer satisfaction on different experiences, and also the qualitative data that is more about the interviews that we do. And we do interviews all the time with customers. We do what we call ongoing or continuous discovery. So we always want to reach out to customers and have one-on-one -on -one interview with them. And this will be my team doing that. So the, the designers or uh, our UX research in the team will do that. And it's really more about understanding why. All right. So it's all about the why. Why are you trying to do something? Why are you trying to, you know, change? To understand the problem is, is really the key, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, what I said before that if, uh, for example, you have, you know, three different features that are doing the same thing, uh, you want to look at the data and understand which one of those features is being mostly used. Uh, and also mm -hmm. why. why. Why the other features are not being used. Uh, and if they're not being used, maybe because, you know, one customer requested in the past, but then, you know, you have two customers using it. So we don't want to keep it there, right? Because you, you, you need to maintain the feature and also it creates, you know, the feature hell. So how can we remove this feature? And if you have someone, you know, scream and say, no, we can't do that. So, you know, we, we just need to have a conversation. Uh, and we work really well in collaboration and say, okay, let's, let's reach out to the customer and see if we can change their behavior and move them from this feature and to, to another feature. Yeah, and it happens a lot. Like, you know, changing experiences is not easy, but but it can be done. Well, we see a ton of fluff in branding. Uh, you know, so does a, does a system really need to be cosmetically appealing to be more delightful or to, to provide a much better experience? It, it, it will be nice for it to be, you know, pretty. But I don't think that's the most important thing. It should be functional. It should be easy. It should be. It should make sense. Uh, I need to go somewhere and say, okay, this is exactly what I need to do here. 
whatever amount of steps that I need to take, but I know exactly, you know, what are the steps that I need to take and what is the experience. And I need to see that when I completed a task, I want to get something from the system, right? Like uh, a a confirmation, a success message or something. Yeah. Your, your task has been completed. Great. Awesome. That's what I need. So what's, what's more important to be intuitive or to be beautiful? Oh, intuitive, but, but by far. Beauty is, is, a, is a delight, uh, you know, uh, add that we can add to, to uh, experiences, but it's really all about the usability of, you know, the experience of the feature. And lucky for me, I'm both. Uh, Latal, <laughs> you mentioned data, um, and I'm curious about uh, sort of, the variety of platforms that are being used to search for jobs. And, and we talked to a lot of people that, that highlight mobile um, as a way that a lot of job seekers, and I assume customers as well, are interacting um, with, with this site. So talk about design for mobile. What sort of focuses uh, do you have? Are you looking at watch design and, and wearables? And, and most importantly, when is the PageUp virtual reality product uh, coming to market? Mm-hmm. Never. <laughs> To your last question, uh, you know, soon, soon, any, any day now. <laughs> Love it. But uh, with wearable, no, we, we're not doing that yet. You know, that's kind of a gimmick, but I don't know if it's really relevant to, to what we do. However, with mobile, yes, we design mobile first. Uh, with every you know new feature, new product that we're designing now, it's always have to be responsive, uh, mobile friendly, accessible, usable. We have uh, a design system, we have guidelines. We all we have all of that, so we don't need to think about any new feature. You know, to to redesign it from scratch, we already have all those components in a library. So basically, a designer or a developer just can just grab those components from from the design design system and just create something that will be uh, just, you know, great. And what, what kind of traffic numbers are we seeing um, on mobile versus desktop? And I know you have a variety of customers. You have a lot of colleges I know that you work with uh, here in the States. So that's certainly a, a unique audience, I assume, much younger um, in terms of, of searching for jobs in, in many cases. So data-wise, what are you seeing um, in terms of mobile versus others? And as far as I can see, you don't have a native uh, mobile presence, so there's no iOS app, no uh, Android app. Was that a decision based on data, or is that something that'll be coming um, for the customer side of things? We we have uh, two apps for the learning and performance uh, models that we have, but we don't have for the uh, recruitment. I would say with the admins, so recruiters and so on, the the, the vast majority are doing it on a desktop. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's kind of a complicated system. It will be very difficult to, to you know, to do what they need to do uh, on a mobile. And also, uh, I would expect that most HR people will have a computer so they can, that they can work with. Uh, it will be more for the candidates, uh, but that's a, a tricky question from you, the, uh, the numbers. And honestly, I have to say that I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, okay. But it is increasing that, you know, more and more candidates obviously are applying via the mobile and looking at offers, accepting offers, reviewing them and so on via mobiles. 
Well, on the high volume side of the house, I would assume mm-hmm. that, uh, and I'm not sure if PageUp is working with a bunch of high volume types of customers or not, but uh, I would assume, and we're seeing this at least here in the States, that not just for the candidates, because they really need to get through the application process fast, uh, mm-hmm. but also for those managers who are looking to hire, having mobile apps to, uh, to, to make their process much quicker as well. Do you guys work with high volume that much or is it really just more steady corporate white collar types of positions that you guys are are at least designing for? We have a mix. Uh, So we do have high volume, uh, especially in in retail and and so on. And that's exactly right. Uh, We have, you know, store managers, for example, they don't necessarily have a computer. Uh, So they usually use tablets, uh, or their mobile phone. So everything with the hiring manager, so hiring manager experience will be slightly different mostly than the recruiter experience. So everything that we do is mobile friendly and, and, and mobile first. Right. But I would say that especially we do it for hiring managers and candidates. Okay. So quick question. I've, I'm always hearing that experience equals speed. So if you have speed, then you have great experience. Is, is that the case? Is that, is that something that you think about in design is always speed or is it, is it really case by case? Uh, so I, I, di- I don't agree with, with this statement. Uh, I don't think that speed and experience are equal. Uh, I think it really depends on what you're trying to achieve here. Uh, mm-hmm. And also, what do you mean by speed? So speed of the system, performance of the system, yes, sure. Yeah, you, you want to uh, you want it to be to be quick and fast. But you know, from someone that is using the system, I would say overall, if you look at you know the ultimate job to be done, yeah, you want to be quicker and more efficient in your decision making when you know you choose a candidate and and hire them and so on. Um, right. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to you know to complete a task in three steps. That's you know that you you can't do that, and I I, I disagree with this rule because I heard that it's like everything needs to be three to- three steps, uh, <laughs> and sometimes something will be you know five or seven steps, but it will be better because you added a step that just makes sense because you needed you know to to drive them to to add an additional layer of of whatever uh, you know you want to go here or you want to go there you want to give them those options you want to be very clear and i think this is more important you want it to be usable you want it to be easy and clear on exactly what you're doing and when you use those complicated systems sometime you will just get lost you're not sure like okay i've never seen this screen before in my life. What do I need to do here? I'm, you know, I'm not sure about it. So being able to complete a task in whatever time that you need to complete the task, that's much more important than speed. And sometimes, you know, people need to review applica- applications and, you know, it will take them days to do that. So it's more about the, the ease of use than anything else. It's all about the flow. Exactly. <laughs> Latal Sherman, everybody, from PageUp. Latal, for our listeners who want to learn more about you or PageUp, where do they go? So uh, if you want to learn about PageUp, visit our website, pageuppeople.com. And if you want to learn about me, I'm on LinkedIn, Latal Sherman in Australia. I'm the only one in Australia. Very happy (laughs) about that. Uh, So, yeah, feel free to reach out to me and say hello. Excellent. Thanks for coming on. Jump on the Barbie. Fosters, we we out. out. Thanks, guys. 
This has been the Chat and Cheese Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. And be sure to check out our sponsors because they make it all possible. For more, visit chadcheese.com. Oh yeah, you're welcome. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.